You can keep your seat tonight. I'll probably pray first and then start reading. I've got a lot of reading to do, and I believe I'll just pray first, and then we'll start in Job chapter number 23 in the first verse, okay? Job 23 in the first verse. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before your throne tonight, throne of grace. Lord, we thank you for... uh, loving us for your kindness towards us. God, we need your help tonight. We ask, Lord, that you would preach through us, help us rightly divide the word of truth. Lord, and I pray that you give us something from the word of God tonight. I know that will help us if we will apply it to our life. Help us to be attentive to hear what thus saith the Lord God. We thank you, praise you, give you glory and honor for it all. In Jesus' name we pray and ask these things. Amen and amen. Now, starting in Job chapter number 23 and verse number one, I'm going to try to work myself, work my way uh, down through this chapter verse by verse and uh, take a take note of a few things tonight, Lord being our helper, okay? The Bible says in Job 23 and verse number one, Then Job answered and said, Even today is my complaint bitter. My stroke is heavier than my groaning. In other words, what he's saying here in verse number one, uh, a stroke, by the way, is a hostile blow or hostile attack, according to Webster's 1828, okay? And so what he's saying here is his problems of life, his issues, his trouble uh, that has come upon him is far heavier than even his groaning. In other words, he has not the ability to express uh, in his voice, in his tone, uh, with his words, uh, what, what is actually going on in his life. That's how hard of a time that Job uh, was actually endured. He didn't even have words or the ability to express the issues of life that he was going through, uh, specifically and especially up until this point in chapter 23. And then he says this, Oh, that I knew where I might find him, that I might come even to his seat. So we find here that Job doesn't feel like that he can get a hold of God. He doesn't feel like that he is able to express what's going on in his life and get a reply. I don't know if you've ever found yourself in that situation, but I guarantee you, if you haven't, you will. And at some point in your life, you're going to run into something where it feels like that there's more on you than you can deal with. And no matter how you long to get a hold of God, it just doesn't feel like God's getting a hold of you. And so uh, we find that that's where Job's at. And it's bothering to the point that his ability to even say anything about it is not there. He says, I would order my cause before him and fill my mouth with arguments. Now, what is an argument? If, if, If Brother Shane had caused or allowed me Uh, or Brother Gene had allowed me to go through something, and it was within his power to change it, and I didn't feel like it was fair, my argument would be 
to Brother Shane and Brother Gene, how could you allow this to happen? What have I done to merit this in my life? And Job is saying, I, I would order my cause before him. I would fill my mouth with arguments. In other words, he would plead uh, on his side uh, uh, to God. And he would ask God some questions and demand an answer as to why I am going through what I'm going through. And so uh, he's saying if he could get in the presence of God, he would defend himself because of his situation. Have you ever been going through something, dealt with a problem? And I realize when I preach this tonight, and listen, I, I, I hate preaching this way because it seems like whatever I preach on Sunday, if I didn't live it Saturday, I get to enjoy it on Monday. I don't know what it is about preaching, but that just seems to be the way it is. But I realize I've not lived a, a ripe old age and I've not gone through everything. And there's some things probably I got waiting on me if Lord tears is coming that I've not yet endured. I understand that. But I do know that the Bible says here I would know the words which he would answer me. And understand what he would say unto me. And so let me, let me express to you this. Job is saying that he would argue his cause. Job is saying that he would defend himself. But he also is saying in verse 5 that he would know what all of this is about. In verse number 5 he says, I would know the words which he would answer me and understand what he would say unto me. If I could just get to God, if I could just defend my position, if I could defend myself, if I could explain what's going on, if I could just get in the presence of God, God surely when he answered me, I would be able to know what it is that God has to say. He desired, Brother Gene, to know what it was that God had to say about his life. Now listen, that's, a, that's an important place. We should desire to know what God is wanting out of us and doing with us. And it's not always our place to know right now, but we should long to know what God wants out of us and for us, okay? And so he says here, uh, uh, we, he, will he plead against me with his great power? Let, and let me pause right here. A lot of times we may be going uh, through it, but not, not understanding what he's doing with it. Can I say that? There's some times that the Lord allows us to go through. So let me say this. What Job was going through, Brother Shane, wasn't for vanity. The Lord was doing something with it. The Lord was going to use what Job was going through uh, for a better cause. And uh, we, we get to glean from it every day when we open the Word of God. But he's fixing to teach some things God, we're going to find in the Scripture, not to get ahead of myself, has got some things he wants to say to these three friends that's come to Job and for seven days sat in an ash pile and ash heap and mourned for Job. And the Bible tells us that when these three friends came to Job, that they got in the ash heap, but when they sent him afar off, they didn't even recognize him because of how his body Look, and they mourned and they wept and they cried because it hurt their heart that Job was in the situation that Job was in. But he says in verse 6, Will he plead against me with his great power? No, but he would put strength in me. And so let me say this sometimes we go the wrong direction with our problems. Instead of going towards God, a lot of times we go away from God. <clears throat> We run into problems and trials and struggles and issues and things that become so heavy upon us 
That like Job in chapter 3 verse 3 said, Let the day perish wherein I was born, and the night in which it was said there is a man-child conceived. Job in chapter 3 didn't even want to know. He wished you to never been born. In his mind, he was in such a problem that he thought it would have been better for him not to have been born than to have suffered the things that Job was currently suffering. And obviously it was an intense suffering in order for his three friends to have felt like they fell about it when they laid eyes upon Job. All right, and so, but we find that Job, uh, his desire here, although his desire is not necessarily correct in his intention to uh, to defend himself with God, he wants to hear what God has to say about it. And he's trying to get in the presence of God. And he says, well, he pleaded against me with his great power. No, but he would put strength in me. And so Job knew that if he could just get a word from God, God could be the source of strength to get him through. Job knew that he was in such a problem that if he felt like it would have been better on him not to have been born than to endure what he's enduring. But, but because he is enduring it and because he is there and because he's in the midst of it, he knows that there's no other place that he'd rather be and no other place that he needed to be except in the presence of God. And so a lot of people, when they get into troubles and trials and issues of life and struggles and hardships and, 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 and things that cause a person to feel like Job felt, they want to turn their back on God. And friend, that's when the devil has laid a snare and a trap for you that will surely take you down. And he says, no, but he would put strength in me. When we get in the presence of God, listen, God is where our strength lies Tonight, verse 7 says, There the righteous might dispute with him. So should I be delivered forever from my judge. Behold, I go forward, but he is not there. And backward, but I cannot perceive him. Job has a longing and a desire to, to, to get in the presence of God to get some answers from God, to defend himself to God, to find out what God has to say about what's going on in his life. But no matter whether he goes forward or backward, seems like he cannot get in the presence of God. Says on the left hand where he doth work, but I cannot behold him. He hideth himself on the right hand that I cannot see him. So we see here that he's there but he's not always visible. Notice that. He said, on the left hand where he doth work, but I cannot behold him. He hideth himself on the right hand that I cannot see him. Verse 10 says, but he knoweth the way that I take. I'm thankful that although you and I sometimes seem like that we seek God, try to get a hold of God, want God to answer us, want God to explain some things about why we are where we are. Let's be honest tonight, in our carnal flesh, we go through things and it doesn't feel fair and it doesn't seem right and we want an answer from God. says, but he knoweth the way that I take. You better be thankful to God tonight that although he's not visible to you and although you can't see him, he knows the way you take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. You know what Job understood? Job understood that he was in the refiner's fire. 
Job was aware that what he was going through, although in his flesh it bothered him, although he knew that it wasn't fun, although he wished he had never been born, although he could not get the answers, he knew God was doing something that would cause him, Brother Gene, to be better for it when he come on out to the other side. I want you to know tonight, I can't tell you what your problems are all about. I can't tell you what God is trying to do. I can't speak on behalf of God for your problems, but I can say this. You'll be better for it when you come out on the other side of the trials and the tribulations and the problems of life if you'll stay faithful to God and instead of running away from God in the midst of your problems, in the midst of your trials, in the midst of your storms, you will run towards Him and diligently seek His face. He says in verse number 11, my foot hath held his steps. His way have I kept. Now notice that my foot hath held his steps. You know what Job was still trying to do, Brother Gene? He was trying, even though the flesh was beating him. Even though he knew and had stated here in the earlier part of this chapter that uh, he would defend himself against this position that he's in. He still says that he is attempting to keep his feet in the footsteps of of the one that's leading and guiding him. You know what? He wasn't getting a word from the Lord in that moment, Brother Shane. He wasn't getting a, a, a guiding hand in this moment. He can't even seem to talk to God and get a response. But he does know that God knoweth the way that he takes. And you know what you do when you can't hear from God and you don't get an answer? You do what you know to do and that stick in this book, stick in this old time way and just keep heading towards the cross of Calvary. It says, my foot hath held his steps, his way have I kept. So he's paying attention to do the way and go the way of God. So he says, my foot hath held his steps, his way have I kept and not decline. Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. So what the Lord has spoken to him, he can't get a word from him right now. He's not able to get a response. But what he's got in the past is good enough to sustain him and keep him heading in the right direction. You know what we do when we don't hear from God? What we know to do, friend, and that stick with a book, I keep heading towards the cross of Calvary. He says here, neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed, listen now, I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Can I say that the word of God is necessary? It's a necessary diet to keep you going in the right direction. Job knew that he had to stay with the words of God. Now, I don't want to get into a theological debate with you tonight, but uh, best I can tell, the book of Job was the first book of the Bible that was pinned down and written. So Job did not have a copy of the word of God in any capacity. What he did have was the last commands and the last conversation that he had with God is what he had to go on. You and I are blessed to have this book, 66 compiled books of, of the holy written word of God. And if you'll read it and you'll get a daily diet of it, friend, it'll help you push through the days when you wish you could get a hold of God. And could you get a hold of God, you'd have some things you'd like to say. It'll keep you going in the right direction. 
Joe Millie had struggles. Job knew he had problems. Job knew he wished he'd never been born. But Job did know he better not turn his back on God. Can I say to you, no matter what happens, no matter what comes your way, no matter how the devil may tempt you, you cannot afford to turn your back on God, friend, today. said, but he is in one mind. And who can turn him? And what his soul desires, even that he doth. For he performeth the thing that is appointed for me, and many such things are with him. Therefore am I troubled at his presence when I consider I am afraid of him. For God maketh my heart soft, and the Almighty troubles me, because I was not cut off before the darkness, neither hath he covered the darkness from my face. Now, as we pick up chapter 24, and I'm not going to read all of this, you need to know that the gears shift here, and Job is taking notice of a people that is not struggling. They're not a righteous people. They're not a just people. They're people that really don't care anything about God or God's commandments. But for whatever reason, it seems like no matter what they go through, life is treating them well. Uh, let's read uh, verse number 25 of chapter 24. It said, and if it be not now so, who will make me a liar and make my speech nothing worse? Move to verse 20, chapter 25, verse 1. Bilidad now is fixing to have a response to all that has been said here. Bible said, let me let me pause before I get before I get ahead of myself real quick. Let me think. Let me let me think to give you this for just a second. If you go back and read Psalm seventy three, you'll find that Asaph got himself in the same situation that Job has got himself into in chapter number twenty four. He's taking his eyes off of God and put his eyes on the, the, the world and how good the world seems to have it, but he fails to realize that Bible said when he came into the sanctuary of the Lord, then understood he therein. In other words, he understood that although people had a good life and they didn't care about God and seemed like everything was hunky-dory and they had everything heart could wish, at the end of the day, he knew that when they died is when their trouble truly began. Can I say to you, if you're not saved tonight, you don't know him in the free pardon of sin. It may seem all right right now. It may seem good right now. But when you die, friend, and close your eyes in death, hell will be your home and it will be torment for the rest of eternity. And so Asaph understood when he got to the sanctuary of the Lord, it changed his mindset on how he felt about these people that didn't care nothing about God and seemed like they had everything going okay. And then he, he, he realigned his way of thinking and he actually felt sorry for them at that time. Job's feeling sorry for himself. And sometimes we get to feel sorry for ourselves and it seems like everybody else has got it going so well. But we forget to realize that when they die, they're going to hell. And when we die, friend, we're going to be in the presence of the Lord, the one that saved our rotten, wretched souls. And so Bildad, Bildad's fixing to respond in chapter 25. And let's just read down to verse number six. It says, then answered Bildad the, the Shuhite, and said, Dominion and fear are with him. He maketh peace in his high places. Is there any number of his armies? And upon whom does not his light arise? How then can man be justified with God? Or how can he be clean that is born of woman? Now let me pause right here and say this to you for just a second. You understand that these men that spent seven days in an ash heap uh, crying with Job have now come to the determination Job wouldn't be going through this if Job had sinned against God. And so they're trying to convince Job to spill the beans. Tell me what you've done to cause God to do this to you. To allow God 
to, or for God to allow this to happen to you. All right, and so he's trying to build a case against Job. And, and so he says here, how then can man be justified with God? Or how can he be clean that is born of woman? Behold, even to the moon and it shineth not. Yea, the stars are not pure in his sight. How much less man that is a worm and the son of man, which is a worm. Now, I want to call your attention to that portion of scripture right there. Because it's very important to understand that Bildad is, is likening mankind under that of a worm. Now, we were singing there uh, a moment ago about the cross. And uh, that song rings true. It says, alas, and did my Savior bleed and did my sovereign die? Would he devote that sacred head for such a worm as I? Why do you think the writer of this song had that to say? Because the writer of this song was reminded of Psalms chapter number 22. And I believe it is verse number 6 if I have my verses correct. Let's look here. Psalms 22 and verse number 6 says, But I am a word and no man, a reproach of men and despised of the people. Now you need to understand that Psalms 22 is a picture, a prophetic psalm of the crucifixion of Christ Jesus our Lord. And it tells us the things that Christ would suffer prophetically to save us from our sins. And Christ, we know, humbled himself unto death and became obedient unto the, unto the death, even the death of the cross, right? And so God had to, Christ, God in the flesh, had to take on the sin of man and become less than what he was before he was born. He had to decrease to man's lowest state uh, and he who was sinless took the sin of the world and bore the sin of the world on his shoulders. And so he has brought himself down to the place for the shame where he's nothing but a worm. Now that's important and I'll tell you why. When I consider a worm, a worm does what? He mulls around and, and grubs around into the dirt. All he does day and night is work within the soil. Now you and I, what are we supposed to do as, as born again believers? We're to go out into this lost and dying world and we're to work with the soil. It's the flesh, and flesh is what? It's nothing but dirt. It's nothing but dust. And we understand that dust is where it, what it shall return unto when the body dies, right? And so all the worm does is focus his attention on digging around in the dirt. But a worm doesn't have arms, and a worm doesn't have legs, and a worm don't talk, and it don't see the way that you and I see, nor does it hear the way that you and I hear. In other words, it's given itself to one thing only, because that's all it can do. And you know, now you say, well, we have arms and legs. Yeah, I like what the songwriter uh, said. It said, uh, my hands were made to help my neighbor. My eyes were made to read God's word. My feet were made to walk in his footsteps. Uh, we were born to serve the Lord. And Job has asked himself this question. Why was I even born? 
Now, that's important. It seems like Job, uh, a lot of people talk down about Job because he puts himself in this mind frame. But sometimes God has to get us to a place where we ask ourselves the question, why was I even born? Have you ever asked yourself the question, what am I here for? Why was I even born? We know that the the writer of Ecclesiastes, uh, Solomon, uh, says that it's vanity of vanities. All is vanity. We understand that there's but one thing that matters on this side of eternity. That, friend, is your salvation. And then we are to bring glory and honor and praise to the one that saved us. We know that we were created by Him. We were created for Him. And we're here for His good pleasure. You weren't born on this earth uh, to, to play Nintendo. You weren't born on this earth to go out and have a good time all the time. And there's nothing wrong with enjoying your family and your friends. But essentially, friend, uh, you've got a mouth to praise God with Hands to work for Him. Feet to go towards Him, friend. And we use all these things that God has given us for our own will. And we do not stop to ask the question, why am I here to begin with? And you, friend, can get to the place in your life where you're looking at things altogether wrong and in a wrong mindset. Such a worm as I. My hands that He gave me ought to bring praise to Him. I'll lift my hands and praise Him. Work for Him. My feet ought to take me towards the things of God, not towards the things of this world. And I'm as guilty as anybody using my mouth in a wrong way. I'm using my hands in a wrong way. Using my feet in a wrong way. But God's given us something to bring glory and honor to Him. And you and I ought to focus our attention tonight on bringing Him glory and bringing Him honor. I like what the writer said here. He said, was it for crimes that I had done? He groaned upon the tree. Oh, yes, friend. It wasn't because of the crimes that he done. It was my crimes and your crimes and my sin and your sin, friend, that held him on the cross of Calvary. It says, amazing pity, grace unknown, and love beyond degree. Said this night I hide my blushing face while his dear cross appears. It's interesting that the writer goes to this part of this song about a blushing face. Say, why does it do that, preacher? Job realized, friend, that when he got in the presence of God, all the things he thought he'd say to God, Brother Gene, he didn't say. See, Job's looking at himself and he's dealing with his problems. And he's saying here in chapter 23, in verse number three, oh, that I knew where I might find him, that I might come even to his seat. I would order my cross before him and fill my mouth with arguments. No, he wouldn't. No, he wouldn't. He thought that he would. But he, he didn't, friend. And he wouldn't say, how do you know, preacher? Go with me to Job chapter number 38 for just a moment. Job chapter number 38. The Bible says, Job chapter number 38. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind. He's been trying to get a hold of God all this time, Brother Gene. Now the God showed up, got something to say. God's ready to talk. God's ready to communicate with Job. Said so then the Lord answered Job out of the world and said, Who is this that darkeneth counsel by words without knowledge? Gird up now thy loins like a man, for I will demand of thee and answer thou me. Where wast thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? 
Declare if thou hast understanding. Who hath laid the measures thereof thou knowest, and who hath stretched the line upon it? And it goes on and on and on, Brother Shane. Of all the things that God asked Job, demanding an answer that Job could not give an answer for. Now move with me to Job 40 for just a moment. From Job 38 to Job 40, God's just continually got some things to say to old Job. Job's been wanting to talk to God so bad. Now God's got something to say. And when God gets ready to, for Job to respond, let's listen to what Job has to say. Verse 40, or chapter 40, verse 1 says, Moreover, the Lord answered Job and said, In other words, he had a whole lot more to say. Moreover, the Lord answered Job and said, Shall he that contendeth with the Almighty instruct him? Well, wouldn't you like to instruct God from time to time on how things ought to be? How things ought to be changed or how things should be done differently? Even though we don't have the understanding of what God is actually trying to do with the situation to begin with. Job didn't know what God was trying to do. Job didn't know what God was going to do with what Job was dealing with. It says, then Job answered the Lord and said, behold, I am vile. <laughs> you get in the presence of God. And see God for who he is. And realize what God has done. And the holiness and the mightiness of God. You will not have anything to say but I am vile. Let me say this. Maybe you've never been saved tonight. Maybe you don't know Christ and the free pardon of sin. You're a split hell wide open. And you'll burn for eternity. If you don't get saved, you better get to the place, friend, where you're willing to look at God and say, God, I am but vile. And when you get to the place, friend, where you see yourself for what you are, and you see Him for who He is, friend, you're in a place to get saved by the marvelous grace of God. He said, Behold, I am vile. What shall I answer thee? I will lay mine hand upon my mouth. This is what Job had to say. He says, For some reason, Brother Marvin, Job's saying, My mouth seems to want to kick into gear. And so I can't stop it sometime from getting kicked into gear. So what do I do? I'll put my hand over my mouth to keep from saying something stupid that I'll regret later on down the road. And so Job's realizing here all the things he'd like to say. Suddenly he didn't want to say it when he got in the presence of God. He said, Behold, I am by, what shall I answer thee? I will lay mine hand upon my mouth. Once have I spoken, but I will not answer. Yea, twice, but I will proceed no further. In other words here, he said, I had some things to say, but I believe I've changed my mind on what it is that I had to say. We look at chapter number 42. The Bible says, Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that thou canst do everything, and that no thought can be withholden from thee. In other words, he is aware that everything he was feeling and everything that he was going through, God knew it. He understood that. And now listen, it, it, it comes as a reminder sometimes when you get in the presence of God. But that's why it's important that when you run into trouble, you don't go away from God. You go towards God. said, who is he that hideth counsel without knowledge? Therefore have I uttered that I understood not. Things too wonderful for me, which I knew not. Here I beseech thee, and I will speak. I will demand of thee, and declare thou unto me. I have heard of thee by uh, the hearing of the ear, but now mine eye seeth thee. 
Wherefore I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. Even when Job got in such a struggle of life that he felt like he hadn't been handed a fair shake, Brother Gene. In the presence of God, all he could do was humble himself and say that I abhor myself. And he got down in dust and ashes and repented before God and understood how greater God was than Job. Now listen here. All that God said to Job between chapter 38 and chapter 42, twice Job, had, when he had spoken, has spoken with a humble attitude towards God. And he has realized and understood how messed up he was in his way of thinking. Then God turns and has something to say to Job's three friends. Listen now, pay attention and I'll be done tonight. Said, and it was so, verse 7 of chapter 42, that after the Lord had spoken these words unto Job, the Lord said to Eliphaz the Temanite, my wrath is kindled against thee and against thy two friends. For ye have not spoken of me the thing that is right, as my servant Job had. Therefore, take unto you now seven bullocks and seven rams and go to my servant Job. Boy, the one, the one that they come down there to sit with for seven days and mourn with, God's now telling them to go down there and see Job. And offer up for yourselves a burnt offering. And my servant Job shall pray for you. For him, listen now, for him will I accept, lest I deal with you after your folly. You know when Christ and God, you know when God accepts what we have to say? When we come to him with an attitude that he is everything. And we're but a worm. When we realize that the hands that we have are for his praise. And the mouth that we have is to speak things of glory and honor to him. When our feet are to take us towards the good things of God. And to this lost and dying world. To speak the things of God to them. Then friend, he's, we're at a place where we, he will accept what we have to say. And I'll never forget it, Brother Shane, when I got to that place where I was willing to call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ in simple childlike faith for salvation. There's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. If you get saved tonight, it'll be because you accepted what Christ done at Calvary. You've seen yourself for who you are and you see Him for who He is. But notice this with me and I'm done. He says, therefore, take unto you now seven bullocks and seven rams and go to my servant Job and offer up for yourselves a burnt offering and my servant Job shall pray for you. Listen, when people come to you to help, but they end up being the ones that are helped, we have done what God wants us to do. We have found the reason for why we have gone through what we have gone through, and to bring glory and honor to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, they were going to go help Job. But Job stayed faithful to God. And Job allowed God to realign him. And Job never turned his back on God. And Job stayed going and seeking after the things of God. And Job did not 
darkness tomorrow, friend. People come to Job to help Job, and Job stayed right with God. Job ended up being the one that helped him. You know what we need to do? If we're going to be saved for God, we're going to have to quit feeling so good about ourselves, feeling so worthy to go to God and, and plead our cause and our case, and simply say, Lord, I want you to get the glory out of what it is that you're trying to do with my life. But you know, we just accept that God's going to do with us what he wants to. And we look to magnify and uplift to glorify his name and praise him. That name which is above every name, friend, we're in a place to hit the bullseye. That's what I want to do. Y'all stand to your feet. I'm done. Since you come to the piano, play something. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I feel like the Lord's done with us right there. I don't know what you need is tonight. I don't know where you're at. I don't know what's going on in your life. You may be lost. You may be undone. You may need to come and talk to the Lord. You come tonight, will you? Will you come tonight and accept the Lord as your personal Lord and Savior? Will you, will you come to this old-fashioned altar and bow down and say, God, I need you to save me. I'm a rotten, wretched sinner. Friend, if you'll come, he's willing to save. His head is not shortened that he cannot save. His head is not too heavy that he cannot hear, friend. He'll save you tonight. He'll save you tonight. Maybe you're going through problems. Maybe you're going through struggles. Maybe you're going through trials. Maybe you've allowed yourself to get so out of kilter that if you could get to God and say some things to God, you'd plead your cause and plead your case. I assure you tonight, if you get in the presence of God and see him for who he is, you'll have nothing to say, but I'm a vile worm. And I'll tell you, friend, he deserves so much more than what we give him. He deserves so much more than what we offer to him. Friend, I want to be like Job. I'm not Job. I've never seen suffering like Job has. But I want to be that Christian. I want to be that one that when people come to try to help me, that I can end up being the one that helps them. Ultimately, friend, the hands that we have, the feet that we have, the eyes that we have, the ears that we have, the mouth that we have ought to be used for the glory, for the honor of God. We're wasting what God give us on our own selves. When we ought to just say, Lord, do with me what you will. Have thine own way, Lord. Just do with me as you please and get the glory out of my life. When we're satisfied just to let God get the glory out of our life, he will get the glory out of our life. If you need to come, you come. If you need to get saved tonight, this altar's open while she plays. page number says what's that 324 let's turn our song books to 324 sing a couple stanzas if you need to come you come
as in the arms of faith and be closer drawn to thee. Robin, Cross where thou hast died, draw me nearer, 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 blessed Lord, to thy precious bleeding side. Consecrate me now to thy service, Lord. By thy power of grace divine, let my soul look up with a steadfast hope, and my will be lost in thine. Draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to the cross when thou hast died. Heavenly Father, we come to you tonight and we thank you for the word of God. Pray, Lord, something may have been said that would help someone, Lord, who is struggling in life. Lord, to help someone uh, to get realigned and to hit the mark as we preached on this morning. Lord, maybe tonight someone lost and undone. Lord, felt the tug of the Holy Ghost of God drawing them unto salvation. I pray, God, you'd continue to deal with their heart. And, Lord, that you at the same time would take all peace and comfort from them in their life. And, Lord, every waking moment you would trouble their heart about hell and the reality of it. We understand that we do not promise tomorrow. The Bible said, boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. And, Lord, people every day die a death not knowing that when they woke up that morning, it would be their last day. I pray, God, you would deal with hearts in a way that only you can. We love you tonight. We praise you. We thank you. We give you glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. All right. I appreciate your good attention.